What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I'm Eamon Javers, and this is part three of China's Corporate Spy War, a special CNBC podcast. Act four, China's master plan. It's March 2018, and Xu Yanjun, the spy from China's Ministry of State Security, arrives in Europe. He arranges to meet with the GE engineer at a cafe in downtown Brussels, and he has told the engineer to bring his company laptop. For Xu, this is an enormous risk, but it's balanced by the scale of the potential reward. One of the federal prosecutors in the case, Emily Gladfelter, explains that Xu's outlook was long-term. He believed he was going to co-opt them and um, they would have a partnership or uh, a relationship um, where this person would provide information going forward for a long time. Former U.S. intelligence official Bill Evanina says China's ultimate ambitions are even bigger than just stealing GE's secrets. Their goal is to not only have their own new airline capability, but they want to take over Airbus and Boeing. Take so, over. Because they know they can manufacture this plane at 30 cents on the dollar and sell it cheaper on the global market. So it's not just steal, it's steal and then subsidize. But it's not just the theft, it's what happens after that. The big damages, if that U.S. company could probably have four to six manufacturing plants in the U.S. and hire 100,000 people. That's the hole in the U.S. economy. That is the long-term existential threat, is that those companies don't get to make plants and hire people. Evanina points to a plan called Made in China 2025. Unveiled in 2015 by the Beijing government, it listed 10 high-tech or advanced industries that China wanted to develop fast, first to supply their own domestic market and then markets around the world. Scott Kennedy, a China expert at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, describes the industries in that master plan. What areas do the Chinese want to dominate? Computers, phones, telecom equipment, new energy vehicles, autonomous vehicles, commercial aircraft, biotech, advanced materials, and now you'd add into that you know, artificial intelligence, quantum. Their wish list actually looks a lot like our wish list. That's a plan to dominate the global economy. Certainly, uh, the Chinese, I think, believe that if they are not at the top, uh, they're going to be victim to somebody else. But commerce is also part of national power. When China first opened up to the U.S. and the West in the 1970s, the country became the destination for low-cost manufacturing, clothing, toys, and other consumer goods, and that made products a lot cheaper for American shoppers. As ties between the East and West grew, many in Washington imagined that China's economic opening would lead to political change. You would have China move in the direction of a liberal uh, democracy through trade and economic engagement. And that was a reasonable assumption uh, to make at the time. DeWardrick McNeil, a CNBC contributor, has worked on China issues in government and the private sector for more than 20 years. But what we missed, I think, more importantly, was that we were dreaming our dreams for China. 
without really listening to what China wanted for itself. As Xi Jinping came to power and made it clear, China wanted to regain its, its historic place in the world, to rejuvenate the Chinese society to a leadership role that it had prior to colonization. The China dream is not to play second fiddle to the U.S. I was part of the more general consensus. The more you bring China into the WTO, everything's going to come along. And that presumption that we were all working on, that the closer we all come together, it's going to be kumbaya, I think has proven to be factually wrong. Senator Mark Warner is the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He and Senator Marco Rubio, the vice chair, have been briefing U.S. business leaders since 2018 on the espionage threat from China. Senator Warner says the mood in corporate America has shifted. Pre-COVID, there were a lot of eye-rolling at times. Some folks... They didn't believe you. Some didn't fully believe it. And even as recently, now post-COVID, uh, folks believe more. Senator Marco Rubio. If you suddenly divorce China or, or began to do so, uh, the immediate impact would probably cost you your job. You'd have to answer to the board, you'd have to answer to shareholders. For a lot of them, it's just, that may be a problem in 10 years, but they won't be the CEO in 10 years. So these companies are committing long-term suicide, but... You, you say American companies are committing long-term suicide? Is it, sure. is it that dramatic? Well, so if you're a company that basically goes into China, and as a result, yes, you get access to manufacturing there, but the, the price of it is that you either have to turn over what you do to the Chinese, or they steal it from you. Eventually, they'll do it themselves and they'll kick you out. FBI Director Christopher Wray has also been sounding the alarm to U.S. companies. We're not saying businesses can't do business in China at all. We're not saying they have to abandon appetite for risk, but we are saying you really want to be careful about overestimating your own ability to kind of price in these dangers. Most of my clients are dependent on China for some point in their supply chain. So what do you tell them right now? You know, I have tried my best to really push the China plus one strategy. And that is that you cannot allow for China to be the single point of failure in your supply chain. That you must figure out how to diversify. Now, that's easier said than done for a whole host of reasons especially with the U.S.-China trade relationship hitting a record $690 billion in 2022. DeWardrick McNeil points to other companies that are doubly dependent on China for low-cost manufacturing and as a market with more than a billion customers. Starbucks being one of those examples, Apple being one of those examples. And then there's Tesla, which has a car factory in Shanghai, is building a battery plant nearby, and generated revenues of some $18 billion in China in 2022. China expert Scott Kennedy. I heard a case where uh, there was a Chinese company, uh, automaker, that walked into a, uh, a parts maker in central China, and they said, we just want what you've made for Tesla. Just give us the same specifications. Same exact stuff. Same exact stuff. So what that, does that tell you? That tells you that um, sometimes copying is better than trying to create it yourself. The Chinese always say to me, you know, how arrogant is it of you to believe that everything that we've achieved and everything that we've done, we've done because we've stolen from you. And they say, look, in 2022, we spent $456 billion on R&D. So we are doing a lot of these things on our own. They say, and for your businesses, many of them willingly share their technology 
with us. Technology sharing is what you need in order to have a JV, a good partnership here in China. So we didn't steal it. We sharing. didn't steal it, we just forced them to give it to us. So you and I see it as forcing. The Chinese will say, well, that's, that's the rules for the market. We reached out to China's embassy in Washington, D.C. Officials there wouldn't agree to meet with us on the record, but they did issue a statement to CNBC saying, the Chinese government has never participated in or supported anyone in any form in stealing commercial secrets. We welcome U.S. and other foreign companies to access the Chinese market, share development dividends, and work together for a stronger world economy. Senators Marco Rubio and Mark Warner say the threat to U.S. companies undermines national security. Today, the world we live in, the world we've all benefited from, was a world framed by an American-led order. Now, if they are dominant in these fields in the 21st century, the entire world will be responding to Chinese standards, which is leverage in and of itself over geopolitics, over decisions that policymakers can make, over society. The old notion of 20 years ago what national security was, of who's got the most planes, tanks, ships, and guns, is no longer the case. Who has the most advanced wireless communications? Who controls overhead satellites? Who is going to make the most advances in synthetic biology or controls next generation energy? That is all within the gambit now of national security. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Act 5, Catching a Spy. It's April 2018, and on a main shopping street in Brussels, in one of the oldest malls in Europe, two men from China are waiting near a cafe. One of them is a spy for the Ministry of State Security named Xu Yanjun. Xu thinks he's about to meet with his American source, a GE engineer who has promised to give him access to his company's laptop. But the engineer is a double agent. He's been working with the FBI, who are also in Brussels, and teaming up with the local authorities. In an instant, Belgian police descend onto the street and place both men under arrest. Federal prosecutors Emily Gladfelter and Tim Mangan are back in Cincinnati, awaiting word. Did someone call you and say we got him? Yes, I received a call from um, the FBI in Belgium. And how did you feel? Surreal, a little bit relieved. I, I, I couldn't believe it happened. I felt confident about our evidence and our prosecution. The Belgians arrested two spies, and you only extradited one. What happened to the other guy? He was let go. We'd been building a case on Mr. Zhu, and so we knew what we had as far as evidence related to him. It wasn't the same case with the individual who stepped off the plane with him. Authorities confiscate the possessions of both men. One of their phones holds some 200 photos from the GE engineer's social media accounts, including many of his relatives. Law enforcement suspects the message is, we can get to your family. Xu is extradited to the United States and put on trial in federal court in Cincinnati in 2021. What we tried to explain to the jury was, he's not gonna use the word trade secret. When you target the specific guy who works in this technology and you ask him to bring the whole laptop and you plan on copying it and you come with cash and pictures of the guy's family, yeah, we know what your intent was, you were trying to steal it. 
Shu made a critical mistake that helps the prosecutor's case. He used an iCloud account to back up his phones and, incredibly, kept a diary in the phone's calendar that prosecutors were able to access. They learn a lot about Shu Yanjun. He's got difficulties in his love life. His boss is causing problems. Shu writes that, quote, work, relationships, and money are not going in the right direction. The diary shows a spy under a lot of pressure, pressure that could have made him leap recklessly for a big intelligence win. The United States has never captured an MSS agent before. Is that right? That's correct. There was other electronic evidence as well, showing that Shu had targeted employees at Honeywell, Boeing, and Safran, a French aviation company that has a joint venture with GE. James Olson, a former chief of counterintelligence at the CIA, says ultimately, Shu got careless. He was not as professional as he could and should have been, particularly when he was exposing himself to that kind of risk. Or was he just a lousy spy? I don't think he was a lousy spy because we believe that his targeting and his development was, was professional. And when the engineer went to China, he did a really good job of winning his confidence and playing him and moving him along in the right path. Federal authorities say China tried to acquire civilian technology from GE Aviation. The same year that Xu was arrested, the Justice Department under the Trump administration launches a program called the China Initiative. Chinese economic espionage against the United States has been increasing. We are here today to say enough is enough. But critics say the DOJ program threatens civil liberties and doesn't produce real results. They start investigating Chinese-American scientists. The cases they brought forth, almost all of them have nothing to do with economic espionage. Zheng Yu Wang is the president of the Committee of 100, a Chinese-American nonprofit organization founded more than 30 years ago by prominent leaders such as I.M. Pei and Yo-Yo Ma. The data shows us that there is some real racial biases, racial profiling involved, and that's very unfortunate. What did you find when you started looking at the individual cases? Almost all of the professors that were charged were charged for non-disclosure. For example, they didn't file the fact that they had a bank account in China. Or, for example, non-disclosure because they forgot to check a box when they applied for a grant many, many years ago. And many of these cases were later dropped. After complaints by the Committee of 100 and other groups, the Department of Justice announced in 2022 that it was ending the China Initiative. But the concerns of Huang and others are still ongoing. I asked FBI Director Christopher Wray about that. One of the things that we hear from Chinese Americans is that they're concerned about the FBI's efforts here. They say that any effort to go after this Chinese espionage runs the risk of painting all Chinese Americans with some degree of suspicion here. How do you respond to that concern? So I want to be very clear about this. The threat that we're concerned about is the threat posed by the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party. It is not about the Chinese people, and it is certainly not about Chinese Americans who, frankly, all too often are themselves victims of the Chinese government's lawless aggression. Former U.S. official Bill Evanina says it's Chinese intelligence that's targeting Chinese Americans who may have relatives in China. Hey, your mom and dad are back home. 
uh, we have an opportunity to provide them a better life if you get this, this te technology. Well, that engineer might say, what do you mean? I can't give you that technology. Well, you know, your mom is not, not feeling well. We can get her in a better hospital. All we want is this. So that happens more frequently than we, than we think. The Chinese-American community, five million of us, is not, is not a monolith. First of all, the Chinese have been in America for about 175 years. So we have in our community, you know, folks who've been here six plus generations, right? And of course, we also have folks not just from mainland China, but from Taiwan, from other parts of Asia. So to assume that just because you're Chinese American, you have immediate family in China, that you might be susceptible to the influence of a foreign government, I think at the premise, it's not true. I guess the question is, who's assuming that, right? So, is Beijing assuming that, or is Washington assuming that? So we want to make sure that none of them assume that. that this community is in America as American citizens because we love this country. We choose to be here, right? This does goes back to a stereotype that our community and perhaps other communities had to deal with for centuries. No matter how long we've been in this country, we're always seen as the perpetual foreigner, a stranger in our own homeland. Huang says his organization is working with the FBI to reestablish trust between the Bureau and its community. In May 2023, the group hosted an FBI agent for a Q&A session at their annual meeting in San Jose, California, the heart of Silicon Valley. Chinese Americans have contributed mightily to the making of America, especially in the tech industry. And the fact is, we are real assets. If we are seen as liabilities, we're actually handicapped one of the best things that makes America great. American innovation has been key to putting the U.S. at the top of the global economy. And it's what federal prosecutors tell a jury that China's spy, Xu Yanjun, was trying to steal. He's the first MSS officer to ever see the inside of an American courtroom. And soon the jury will decide his fate. Act 6, The Sleeper Agent. After a three-week trial in November of 2021, the jury in the case of U.S. versus Xu comes back with a verdict. While prosecutors didn't allege Xu Yanjun had actually obtained GE's confidential information, he's convicted on four counts of attempted economic espionage and trade secret theft. A year later, he's sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Former intelligence official Bill Evanina warns that the Xu case is not a one-off. How many more Xu Yanjuns are out there? Thousands. Thousands? Thousands. They got a picture, there's probably 300 plus thousand MSS officers around the world, uh, much of them targeting the United States, but they do a very effective job of not coming to the U.S. Xu's attorney declined our interview request. The engineer, David Zhang, who Xu targeted, was fired by GE in early 2018. His life was turned upside down. He ended up driving for Uber Eats for a time. But in recent years, he's reportedly found work with an engineering company. We reached out to GE Aerospace, Honeywell, Boeing, and other aviation companies. They did not respond to or declined our requests for comment. When you look at what China's doing here, is China's goal to compete with American companies, or is China's goal here to eliminate American companies? Well, their definition of competing, I think, involves uh, embracing the idea of eliminating. FBI Director Christopher Wray. We are in essentially one of the generational challenges that we've experienced. Are you confident we can win it? Yes. Why? Ultimately, our values, our free market system, I think will prevail, but we, we need to not let our foot off the gas. Senators Rubio and Warner agree. 
Is China already ahead of the United States in these key industries? China's not 10 feet tall. I mean, they have their own set of issues internal that are pretty dramatic. But I will say this, the market generally should determine where capital flows because it's always going to go to the most efficient outcome. But what do you do when the most efficient outcome is bad for your country? And I think that's going to be a real test, particularly for people in my party from the right of center. The market exists to serve the country, not, not the country to serve the market. If we don't take actions that a few years ago would have been viewed as even beyond the pale, like making major national investments and trying to rebuild the semiconductor industry, here in this country, then we're not going to be able to stay competitive no matter how innovative we are. Before Xu Yanjun is sentenced, prosecutors move to include evidence that he may have had espionage goals beyond just the U.S. aviation industry. As investigators went through Xu's digital footprint, they discover his text conversations with a man named Ji Chao Twin. In 2013, Ji was recruited by the MSS just before he went to the U.S. on a student visa. James Olson served as an expert witness in the G case. In Shu, we had the MSS staff officer. He was a professional spy. That's right, professional spy. In Ji Chao Kun, we have the co-optee, not a professional spy, but someone who has been recruited by the MSS to perform specific missions inside the United States. Now, he was tasked by Shu to do background information, a collection on Chinese-American engineers in all the big-name companies, the, the Boeings, the uh, Lockheed Martins. G was encouraged, tasked, assigned by the MSS to accelerate the citizenship of the United States. G joined the U.S. Army Reserves under a program that allowed foreign nationals with special skills to enlist. Prosecutors say G's plan was to obtain citizenship through this program and then top-secret security clearance get that citizenship, get employed by an American company, and get your clearance, and you can be a tremendous asset to China as a result. Over decades. Over decades. Ji was arrested by the FBI and in January 2023 sentenced to eight years in prison. As for his handler, Xu Yan Jun, he's serving his sentence in Otisville, New York. When I looked at Xu in the court, it crossed my mind. He and I are alike. We are both professional intelligence officers. We both were serving our country, honorably we thought. We both were schooled in tradecraft. But there's a big difference between the two of us. What's that? You got caught and I didn't. I'm Eamon Javers. Thanks for listening to this CNBC special podcast. To watch China's corporate spy war, visit cnbc.com slash documentaries. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.